joined hunkering down with Peter Schorsch is someone who I didn't even know what he really looked like other than the times that I, I guess I bumped into you a couple times, but um, Bob O'Malley, a uh, familiar name to anyone who has worked in the transportation sector in Florida. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Peter? Oh, you sound good. Um, you know, you and I talked about you coming on, and I want to introduce you to the audience here in a second, but, um, and this may be a changed tone in what we're doing with this podcast, um, you are one of the first people to be, uh, to be economically impacted by the coronavirus. Uh, you know, quite honestly, everybody that I've had on so far, um, while they're, they're struggling to keep clients and keep their business afloat, or maybe they're a politician, so that's not even an issue. Um, you are, you, it's the, the situation has changed for you in the last week or so. So why don't you tell me, tell the audience who you are, what you do, and what you were doing. Sure, thanks. And, and it changed very quickly. Um, but uh, um, I was uh, previously the, the vice president of corporate development for Brightline, uh, Virgin Trains USA, and uh, prior to this uh, pandemic, everything was going great, not just with my career, but with the company itself. Ridership was growing really strong. Uh, looked like 2020 was going to be a fantastic year for the company. And then this thing hit. And, it, you know, once the Miami Heat canceled games, then everyone that rode the train to go to Miami Heat games stopped riding. Once uh, people stopped going into the office, all the people that used the train either to, to get to work or for business meetings, that kind of dried up. So ridership just r really, um, really devastated ridership. And then last week, the company had to make the difficult decision to uh, suspend service. And with that, um, laid off a majority of the uh, of the the, the work the company uh, including myself so uh, and when I say it came out of nowhere uh, last week my Monday started Monday morning early Monday morning started with a phone call from the state of California letting me know that we were awarded uh, a 10 million dollar income tax credit that I applied for so I was really excited about that it was looking like it was going to be a great week and then Wednesday I was laid off so uh, it happened out of nowhere. Um, uh, it's unfortunate, uh, uh, but fortunately for me and my family, we're, we're uh, in, in a good place right now. So th there are people out there that are are are, are hurting, really hurting, and I really worry about them, especially the people in the tourism industry that in the restaurant and retail business um, that uh, that really can't afford to to lose a job um, and don't have the means to to rebound quickly. So. I think we're all in this together, and uh, that's why you know I appreciate the opportunity to get on this podcast and share my story and you know kind of what I'm doing, and maybe that'll help somebody else. Well, you know, what's it, I'm just going to be uh, I'm just going to disclose as well. Brightline was uh, an advertiser of um, of Florida on Florida politics, and I will say they were the first advertiser that we've lost, uh, um, which is unfortunate. I kind of expected it. As soon as I saw, as soon as I saw you go down, I tried to do what I think a lot of people are trying to do, which is offer to take a haircut. Um, and the gravity of the situation with Brightline is such that that was not going to save it. But um, you know, I it is amazing to me how fast that situation came about because not only are uh, you know, not just about like your situation with, you know, Monday, everything's going well went to Wednesday, 
it's not. But there was so much momentum for Brightline itself in in the state. Like I felt like um, I felt like the state was embracing the concept overall. And why I know we've gone back and forth with high speed rail ideas. I mean, we've passed it into the Constitution. We've taken it out. Um, you know, some projects have gotten off the ground. Some projects haven't. That's not necessarily what this was, but it felt like this was going to be the turning corner in terms of mass transportation and that Floridians had been embracing Brightline because it was being handled so well, quite honestly. Well, and I think it still will. You know, the good news in all of this is that phase two construction to Orlando. So the, the segment between West Palm Beach and Orlando is continuing. So uh, and that's thousands of construction jobs. And that's one of the largest infrastructure projects in the state of Florida. So that's still going on, which is great news for the people with those jobs. Uh, that that portion of the project is funded with with, with bonds. So that's going to continue on um, and that'll take about two years and then Hopefully, by the time that wraps up, we'll be on the the tail end of all this uh, craziness, and then Florida will still get that inner city rail system that it that really needs. But even at that, I you know, like when you, I, I think the number for February, it was so bizarre because the governor put out the unemployment numbers last, I think it was last Friday, uh, and it was representative of where the economy was through February twenty eighth. And the unemployment rate was 2.8% in Florida, which, you know, as any student of capitalism will tell you, I believe Adam Smith said that you needed a 5% unemployment rate as a, like you needed that for the health of the economy. You couldn't, it was not necessarily advisable to dip below that. You needed uh, the transiency and you needed uh, the movement of human capital and so forth. And so we were half of, the recommendation of the of one of the you know innovators of capitalism and it was just everybody was working and then everybody was not only did people have full-time jobs they were they were working their side hustles and there were just you know there were so many construction projects on the books uh especially here in tampa bay i mean there's just one hotel after another and i feel like we were having We just were making such great momentum, uh, tourism numbers through the roof over the last couple of years. And man, it um, it is all gone in a way. Yeah, it's a sad situation. All right. So what is um, did was coronavirus? Did it was it real for you before? Your layoff. I mean, were you looking at something else that said, "Hey, wait a second, this is going to be a serious situation"? Not in an economic way. In a in a personal way, you know, I've got uh, two kids at the University of Florida, so you know, and two in high. We've got two kids in high school, so th- we went from four people to six people. So the house has gotten kind of crowded. And uh, my wife's a second grade teacher, so she's adjusting to virtual uh, ed- teaching. So that that's been challenging. But for me personally, it, I mean, it got it got real real uh, last week. Um, I, I keep thinking about the day March 11th. That is going to be the day that you know when we look back and we're past this. That's going to be the day. You know, that was Tom Hanks. That was the NBA. That was the NHL. That was everything. I learned. I learned today, and I didn't even realize it. Um, they pushed off Maverick, um, the Top Gun sequel, from June until December. 
And then, you know, another thing that happened is we got a notice that our late April and May late April and May reservations at Disney World had been canceled. So I feel like, man, this is going to take us another. It's going to take us another month or so um, beyond just this thirty days to get us out of the fog. And it just—it's crazy that way. I—I've been asking people this recently. I just started asking people on the pod this. Do you remember your last normal day? What that was like um, pre-coronavirus, pre-you know March 11th. Um, what was your last? What was you and your family's last normal day? I don't know that we have a normal day, but uh, probably <laughs> just had, probably um, uh, actually uh, my son plays uh, my son plays uh, volleyball for Bishopmore High School, so that's probably you know his his last game. Uh, they played a team out from over in Tampa, and uh, they went down zero games to two, but then came back and won three games to two. Uh, an exciting game, and and that's that was probably the last normal normal memory I have pre uh, pre virus. Um, are you like, I, I keep thinking about the George Clooney movie, uh, up in the air when they, when they lay everybody off and they, um, they do it strategically and like they have the videos and it's, um, it's actually a really, all of a sudden it's going to become a timely movie. Um, what do you think the next chapter looks like for you? Are you going to, are you going to try and stay in transportation? Do you have a, an idea that you you know, this is this is my chance to go become a baker when it's all said and done. Is there what do, what what do you see? Where do you see yourself in three or six months from now after all this clears out? Sure. So, you know, I'm trying to keep my options open and, and, and look at different opportunities. But, you know, my the value I add, obviously, is in the transportation space. Um, now, transportation touches other industries like energy and the environment. So there may be opportunities there. And then definitely in the government relations and public affairs, uh, you know, that's kind of my skill set, uh, maybe a little bit of business development. So I'm focusing on that, you know, looking at opportunities with companies, but then also um, I have my own LLC. So, uh, you know, taking in consulting work um, seems to be that that might be where the immediate opportunity, not just for me, but for anybody, because I know I've talked to a lot of companies that had full-time position, had vacancies available, and now they've put all hiring on a, on a freeze. So I think it's going to be a while before those types of opportunities present themselves. So in the interim, you know, I think uh, taking on project work, consulting work seems to be the, the, the most immediate opportunity. And that may just end up turning into what my full-time job is. And, and, you know, I will, you know, I have a lot of friends that have their own firms and they started when they got laid off from a corporate job and it just kind of grew from there. So I've had some great conversations with different companies on doing some consulting work for them. And I think that 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 might end up being where all of this goes. Uh, I don't want to say, please hire this man, but uh, <laughs> short of that, um, are you, how is the federal um, skill set? I mean, because I, I feel like there's going to be so much coming down from the federal government and especially in transportation, um, and infrastructure issues. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is that, do you think that that's going to be a, an area of opportunity for, like, I don't see too many lobbyists being let go right now at the federal level. So, 
yesterday I was offered two jobs that would have required me to move to DC. So, and that's, okay. you know, that's not where I am with, with myself or my family. So, I, you know, I turn those down and, and, uh, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. There's, there's definitely a, a lot of activity going on in DC. I think there's a lot of opportunity, uh, in DC. Um, so for those looking for a job that that can be mobile and open to relocation, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be important for people to consider. I, I I hate to say it, but I feel okay right now. Like I know again, we lost Brightline, but we actually picked up a second advertiser that day at about eighty percent of where we were at. So I felt I I I feel okay knowing that. You know, government's going to be basically the biggest business in town for the next year. Um, and so if you want to interface with those people, you're going to need to advertise on places like myself, my site, or hire people like yourself who are familiar with deep. You know, this is this is when we're going to need serious people that understand policy um, more so than this isn't just, hey, can I get a, a claims bill passed for my client? Um, you know, the packages that are you know, think about this. You know, Galvano brought it up yesterday. Hey, listen, we're going to get all this money from the federal government and we're probably going to have to get back in special session because we're going to have to reallocate, you know, all of the matching funds and all, you know, if they if they send if, if we lose money over here, but they send down, um, you know, nine billion dollars or whatever over there, it doesn't just automatically connect with what has been lost. We have to as lawmakers get back in. And with that, you do have the lobbying and the governmental affairs process kickstart again. Um, on a lighter note, I've been asking folks, um, how are you hunkering down? What are you, especially, you know, right now, what are you, what are you watching on Netflix? Uh, do you got a couple of recommendations, some fun things maybe you're reading or watching or uh, listening to? So yeah, fortunately Ozark came out. So we are, wow. uh, we are w deliberately slowly working our way through that. We didn't want to burn through the whole thing in one weekend. So we're, we're watching that. Um, uh, and one book I'm reading right now that I'm enjoying, it, it might seem odd. Uh, it's called Spillover and it's about, um, it's about uh, uh, pandemics. Uh, so uh, uh, that, that's a great book. I can't recall who, who the author is, but it's called Spillover. So I'm, I'm reading that right now and enjoying that. And then, you know, it seems like, uh, seems like everybody in our, in our neighborhood takes uh, the 6 p.m. evening walk around the neighborhood. So I've, I've met a lot of neighbors that, you know, rarely see. So just trying to get outside and stay active, uh, especially since the, the gyms are closed, um, trying to stay, um, get some exercise. So I think, you know, the evening, taking a walk in the evening uh, and the weather has been great, fortunately. So that's kind of where my focus is. The, um, you know, the thing I, I think this third season of Ozark may be, I, it's not that, any of the seasons have been bad, but I think this may be the best one yet. It, the the tension is so high, and Laura Linney, uh, who plays the um, uh, the wife uh, and mother, uh, she has always been a force, but she's now kind of driving a lot of the conversation on what the family has been doing, and Jason Bateman's kind of playing second fiddle to her, or at least reacting to what she's been driving, and it's a um, it's been a, it's a, I think I'm in six or seven episodes and it's just a, it's a really good season. It's a, it's one of the better shows on television. It started off, I thought as a good solid B 
And I think now direction and tone and acting wise, it is a, it's an A, it's an A level show. Yes, it is. Good. All right. Well, we are going to, hopefully when people hear this, your phone's going to ring off the hook, but we wish you the best. It's one of the smartest guys I have known in, in terms of transportation policy. Um, you know, best to you. And thank you for coming on the pod today. Thank you, Peter. Stay healthy and be well. Okay, man. 